Our passion didn't start with the mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness and all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on your tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of people and truly the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with the other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. I am Dr. Kelly Tanner, hostess, and today I have with me the Kirk Barrett. You guys may know Kirk. I've known him since covid And I got to actually see that he was a real person when we were at SmileCon. We were right next to each other podcasting. Kirk, thank you so much for being here with me today. Yeah, thank you, Kelly, for having me on. I I know I'm kind of a pain in the rear, um, but I'm so excited that we got this locked in, got an opportunity to connect. And that was super, super fun uh, being at the ADA SmileCon at the Podcasting Village. It was awesome. It sure was. I I loved how when we were just sitting there, because Kirk and I were literally right next to each other. And I was like, all right, Kirk, come over. I'm going to have you on my show. And he's like, I'm going to have you on mine. And then we got so busy talking like and listening to people, but all behind us, you guys have probably seen the episodes, people, you could see them walking. It was a great event. Can't wait to to be there next year. So if you don't know about SmileCon, come on, see what it's all about. But Kirk, today it's all about you. And your journey. And I don't know if you all know this. I just realized this recently that Kirk's not actually a dentist. Yeah, I'm just, not. Because you 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 know so much. I mean, you're like the guru of yeah. everything practice and best practice. I mean, you have your own podcaster. So tell us why dentistry and like your path. Well, it's funny because people, people always like, you're like, where did you go to dental school? I'm like, I didn't. And I even had uh, a lot of uh, good friends come up to me later on after we got to know each other and say, Hey, did you, would you ever go back and be a dentist? I was like, no, because I can't fix a mailbox. I can't do anything with dexterity or details. Um, the lock on our front door broke recently. And my wife is like, seriously. And I'm like, I can't fix anything. I always wanted to be a school teacher. That was my dream is to be a school teacher, like a football coach. And that just never worked out for me. And through a unique opportunity when I was probably 20 in my late 20, I I was working in a dental laboratory uh, here in Milwaukee and uh, working at Applebee's getting through college. And I worked at a place called champ sports bar. And I, I just, my dad, we were very, uh, very Midwest, very, um, you know, hardworking, good ethical family. My dad was like, you need money, you need to work. And I was like, okay. And so uh, I worked all the way through and uh, paid for my school. And then when I graduated, I was still working at dental laboratory and I just needed to get out. And so I went to Scottsdale and I found a unique opportunity out there where there was a lot of dental education going on. And so I got involved in practice management and I was 24 and I was like, I, 
I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved, you know, the whole aspect of what dentistry was all about. One of my first assignments was to go and see Dr. Peter Dawson speak. Mm -hmm. Now I was 24. And I remember I had a mentor at that time, which I didn't even know what a mentor was. And he's like, you're going to go see uh, Dr. Pete Dawson speak. And I'm like, I don't need to go watch some 64-year-old dentist talk for a couple of days. I got this all figured out. And if anyone's listening to this, you have 20-some-year-old kids, you know how this works. It's the <laughs> arrogance of youth. You're like, I don't need someone to tell me what how this works. And it changed my life because it was a three-day seminar, how to put your practice in the top 10%. I was riveted by what this man said. I just felt a connection to him. It was more, and now I know what it was. It was a values thing. And I actually approached him in the middle of the, of the seminar and I got to sit with him at lunch and uh, it was pretty cool. And so that kind of started my journey. I went to another place called the Panky Institute because I was told to, I didn't have a choice. And uh, I did a lot of education. I, I really found myself, we always joke, you know, you and I and everybody else in the industry, like we're all CE junkies, but we, truly are. Like, I love it. And so I just found myself bouncing from course to course to course. And while I was doing the practice management thing, you would meet another person and meet another person. So my journey has been a really fun and fruitful one. And, and at the end of the day, dentistry is an incredibly noble profession. Like it's an awesome profession. It's we, We've seen it in good times, bad times. I mean, COVID, you stepped up. There wasn't one single person that I called during the COVID conference that said, no, no, I'm not. I don't want to help you know, with anything. Uh, it's a, I just feel crazy blessed to be involved. And so that started the journey act dental. Uh, it's this our 25th year. It's always been small and intimate. Like people are like, you're like, what's going I'm like, it's still, we're still a small intimate company. Uh, I I've got a great team and I, I feel blessed to do what I do every day. You do have a great team. I work with them during the COVID relief conference and it was, they are on top of it, just the kindest people. And so, you know, you attract who you are. So kudos to them and who they continue to be. So you, let me get this straight. Let me go back. You went to all of this training and all the CE. You were a non-dentist. You just came like straight from Applebee's. Yeah. Basically into the seminars and you just took to it. You right. Right. I did. I did. Um, now, a couple of things, like one of my favorite accomplishments in my life was a three-time employee of the month at Applebee's. Now, I joke <laughs> about that, but whenever I drive by an Applebee's, I say to my kids, three times. And they're like, you're so weird. And I'm like, no, like I loved it. I loved how businesses work. I ultimately, like if we were to, do, this is not about like how my brain works, but I love puzzles. I love learning how things work. I often can't enjoy experiences to their fullest because I'm like, this is amazing. I got I got to figure out how it works. And so that drives me. I, I'm driven to, like to enjoy and improve experiences. And so when I got a chance to do this, I'm like, wow, this is crazy what this dentist has done. And silly me, I'd be at a, at a, at a dentist like copy machine and I would be copying all their systems, all their financial arrangements. I'm like, this is amazing. Like thinking I'm going to get out of here with the secrets. And I would walk out with a pile of things from their photocopy. Like, look at all this. And yes, there are secrets in there, but the real secret was in how they thought, you know, and how they behaved. The system supported all of that. And so, um, and the other thing you've seen this, Kelly, like dentistry is crazy predictable. There are very few dentists that ever go broke. And if they do, it's really stupid what they did. You know, I'm like, why did you do that? It's just like, you can have an unbelievable practice. You can work four days a week. You can have a life. You can make a wonderful living and you can change people's lives. It's unbelievable. And so, you know, 
as a consultant or as a coach, I don't go to a software company one week and then to a manufacturing plant the next week and then to, you know, a supermarket the next week. I go to, I work with the same business. It's a dental practice, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I just love it. I absolutely love it. I'm a geek. I love it. And so, yes, I did go straight. For, I did graduate from college. And so like, but your education starts when you learn about these right. things. And, and so, I don't know, I'm, I'm like you, I'm just having a lot of fun doing this. Absolutely. And, and so in, in all this time, I mean, I know now that you're like 32. So in all of these few years that you've been doing this, mm-hmm. what are the things that you've learned? Like if you say top three things that you've learned that dentists need to either start doing or stop doing mm-hmm. that number, really make a big difference. Oh gosh. The, the number one thing, hands down, without question, the number one thing I would do is I would go back and really understand the the power and core values. So I'll tell my quick journey on this, but like, I've always been a core values fan. My dad is my hero, my parents, like, and I didn't realize this growing up, but it's always been values. It's always been like, no one talks to your mom that way. Are we clear? This family does this. Like it was always a value-based approach. My favorite people I ever met were values-based. The reason I like Pete Dawson was it wasn't technique. It wasn't aesthetics. It was a values. Like, he was saying things that resonated inside my body while he was talking. And so I always knew core values were important. I was heavy on vision and mission my first, tw- you know, first 10 years of Pratt, you know, helping dentists. And those are important. But it wasn't until I had a coach come in. Uh, we were big on the EOS traction system. And so I had somebody come in and um, beat, me de- beat me to death on that one and basically said, we're not working together unless those core values are everywhere. And uh, they are. They are. I've got them on t-shirts. I got them everywhere. There's six non-negotiable behaviors that drive everything. Your vision, your mission are important but your value system for your work is 1,000 times more important. Let me tell you why. I'm going to say the why. The more you lean into core values, the less crazy crap you deal with. You deal with less issues with team members. You deal with less problems in your business. It is so weird and everyone skirts over it. Ask Chick-fil-A if values are important. Mm. Ask any company that's established long-term, real, stable health, our values, they'll tell you it's the most important thing you ever, 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 ever do. I wish I could have gone back and done it 10 years earlier. I would have saved so much stomach lining. I would have saved so many hours of wasted. Now, the other thing I would say too, is I'm a wuss. I've been clinically diagnosed as a wuss. I hate conflict. (laughs) When team members would get upset, I would fold. I would be just pay them. You know what I mean? Oh, I hate conflict. And so I would feed the problem by not being clear. Now I got a set of values and there's six of them. We live by them. And so big decisions, bad decisions, hard decisions, small decisions, whatever value systems say, lean into them. It's crazy how it works. And you attract other talent. So I'm just like you, and that'll lead into number two. But like, number one is like, if you don't hear anything I say today, Get a value system, have it locked in, have it on t-shirts. I don't have a tattoo, but if I ever got one, it would be my company core values because I know the more that we lean into it, the more it works. I love that. And so how do you, is this something that you, that the owner of the company comes up with, in your opinion, what have you seen that's most successful with this or does the team do it or how do you start? I love your question. It is not a democratic thing. 
They are non-negotiable fabrics, the non-negotiable behaviors of why you created the business in the first place. You can't do it democratically while I value everyone's opinion. You can't sit down with a team of 12 and go, what are our values here? No, you, you created the business. If you go along with what somebody else says, you're now compromising on your values. This is why you need the help of an excellent coach or somebody that can say, listen, and values are verbs. They are not aspirational. Simon Sinek has a wonderful video that we watch. Values are verbs. They are not excellence. What the hell is that? Excellence. Okay. I get what you're trying to say, but they have to be verbs. Here's one. All in attitude. That is a verb. That is an at, that is an action every day. Give greater than get. That's one of our, like that is an action every day. So we have to see these actions for the people that work here. And that is the most important component. So, um, they, I, I think you need the help of a coach. You do. Cause my coach was not very nice, Kelly. And as I started talking, he said, where are your values? And I go, oh yeah, I love that. And I started talking and he's like, no, where are they? And I go, well, they're in here. He's like, shut up. <laughs> he's like, shut up, just shut up. And that's what he said to me. I was like, what? He's like, your values have to be written. They've got to be everywhere. They have got to be your flag in the ground. We will not work together unless you've got these things written. So I went to work and as I started to go to work, he's like, okay, that's dumb. That's not even a value. I'm like, I thought a long time about that. He's like, value shaming. Yeah. I was like, well, I like education. I'm a CE junkie. I'm like, I want to be always like, I like reading. He's like, always be growing next. I'm like, that's how trite you're going to be about this. Always. Yes. ABG let's go next one. Well, I, I, my faith is important to me. I believe you got to give more than you get and blah, blah, blah. Give greater than get next. Like in about an hour after I had spent a, a good time developing them, he got me narrowed down to like, now you got to let them bake because one of them wasn't correct. And so it took a full year before they really started to bake. Sure. We could validate them. So I, I, I think the first round of core values that I see from a lot of people, uh, you can tell they did them on their own. They're not real values. How would you hold anyone accountable to those behaviors? So that's a big question you're asking. And so until you see them in action, it's really hard to create them yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And I figured that's what the answer was. And I was hoping that, you know, you would tell us more and, you know, let us into the brain of, of Kirk, of, of how that actually happened with you and tell your story. And I knew you would. And yeah. so then you take, you take your core values and then, so you're living them, you're doing them, you're doing all the great things and you go to evaluate someone. Someone's not really in line with the values that they need to be. How do you handle that? How do you, t- how do you tell, how do you recommend that doctors, business owners handle this? Love it. Love it. So, okay. Remember, number one is core values. That's the most important thing you'll ever do in a business. Remember you spend 30% of your life at work. 30. I hope and pray everyone listen to this. You park in your parking spot and you like who you are walking into your space. The only way that that happens is if you're congruent in an environment with your values, period. True. You're only miserable in a relationship, in an environment, if it's not congruent with your value system, period. Number two to your question, you only hire people for two reasons. There's only two. If you're an employer, you only hire people for two reasons. Number one, they fit your value system, period. 
Well, I don't know if I fit your value system unless I know I see them. You come to here, you come here for an interview, you see it anywhere. You're going to see it on t-shirts. You're going to see it on cups. You're going to, you're going to see the value system out loud. And so we will be able to grade you easily against it or with it. Number two, the second reason you hire anyone in the world is because they get results. It's not because they're your neighbor. It's not because they're nice. It's not because they have previous experience. It's not because they came with the practice next door. It's not because they were an assistant in another office. You hire people because they fit your core values and they get results, period. And once you can come to that conclusion as a dentist or as an owner, now your job becomes easy because everyone talks this great story like, oh, build a great team, get out of their way. Well, nobody's been really taught the framework of that. EOS and Gino Wickman teach it perfectly, absolutely perfectly. If you haven't read the book Traction, you're wasting valuable years of your life. It is the best business book that's ever been written. I've read it more than 22 times because I'm not a smart guy. And every page delivers a new level of insight. And so that is really number one is develop a core value and then hire people for two reasons. They fit your core values to get results. Now, what, what happens is when you put those those two pieces together, they do things you would never imagine. So I'll, I'll use a, for instance, like Chris or Barrett on my team, or I could go down the list. I don't know what they're doing today. I have no idea. I don't know if they're working. I don't know what time they started. I don't even know if they're in their office today. I just don't know. And I don't care because they're locked in on how we behave and the result. They know the... I tell everybody, like, if you, if you work one day a week and you get results, high five. My next question would be, what if you work two days a week and you still got the results? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I think those are critically important when you hire people, because if you're a dentist listening to this, the only frustration you have is because you're not enjoying yourself at work. And number two, you're surrounded by people who you don't really enjoy because they don't feel your values or things aren't working. And so it's a lifetime of work to try to create that. And I don't want to tell you I've waved a magic wand or I'm special. I've not. I have had the worst team meetings you have ever experienced in your life because I'm, because I have a new idea and blah, blah, blah. And that causes problems. They're like reeling back in, reeling back in. <laughs> so I think simplifying the employee. Now everyone's going to argue, well, how do you find great people? How do you find you? <laughs> They're out there. You know what the problem is? You know, you find them, you don't, they find you. Ultimately, you create an organization where you get so good at your core values, you get good at the processes internally. Other people bring their friends and go, my friend should be working here. She's amazing. That's right. She should work here. We just hired a brand new lead coach. She's probably one of the most talented people I've ever seen. And she got to us via referral. Like somebody said, she should work for you. And so I'm like, okay, let's interview her. I'm like, wow, never even heard of her you know, type of a thing. But I can say that about all of our coaches. None of them came from big platforms or hidden, like they came from referrals of referrals of referrals where Mm. they knew this was the right environment for them. That's the good stuff. Yeah. So then you have it. So take it day to day. Doctor is like, okay, I, I feel like I've hired the person who's who fits our value system, my, our, my, our value system here. And I feel like they're going to make results. They're going to bring results. What happens when they realize that that person's not delivering on the results? Like how does the doctor communicate that to the team member or who does that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have what's called a, a right person scorecard, right person, right seat. 
It's really simple. Geo Wickman has a people analyzer. It's essentially the same thing. It's how you match up against our six core values. You get three, one of three scores, zero below expectations. One, you're meeting expectations. Two, you're exceeding expectations. All six core values are listed. And then we can point out behaviors above and below. You have to meet a certain bar in order to stay. And when people, here's what's really cool. That's the first part of the scorecard. The second part of the scorecard is how well do you get results here? Here's what you're responsible for. How are we doing on the results category? Not getting results. If people can't get results, they shouldn't stay. Now, you you as a leader have to give them the opportunity to achieve those results. But people that get results, they don't need to be taught a lot. Here's the secret, you guys. And it took me forever to figure this out. If you tell somebody, Kelly, if you come work for me and I go, you're a little bit below one of these core values. What what can I expect from the right team member in the next 30 days? What, what, what do you think I'm going to see as a boss? I'm going to see you overcompensate for that. You're going to like start behaving to meet the bar. You know, if right. I say you're not, I don't think you're all in here. I think you're below. I'm going to give you a zero in all in. Why? Your first thing is you're going to be upset. The second thing is, if you really want to stay here, you're going to be like, oh, oh, game on, Mr. Bald Guy. You think I'm below <laughs> expectations and all in answer? Watch out, Mr. Bald Guy. Giddy up. Giddy <laughs> up. Fight words. Up. Now, here's what's really cool. It smokes everything out. I actually did this. I did the right portion scorecard with a very talented human being. It was awesome. And I call it out right in our, our core values. I'm like, we're, one of our core values is results driven. I don't think you're results driven. I'm going to give you a zero. And it was one of the toughest conversations. I've, and he quit on the spot. And I'm like, no, that's not what I want. I don't want you to quit. I want to give you clear feedback on how you're doing. I don't think I'm your guy. No, 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 don't do that. I don't want you to quit. Like, think about this. The next morning I received an email, consider my resignation immediate. He's a great person. He really is. It just wasn't the right fit for us. It's so crazy cool when you, and it's not my system, it's Gino Wickman's system. So, which I would encourage you to follow. But here's my third piece. So core values, finding the right people. You gotta have an operating system. You just can't go to work. Like I have an operating system. It's really simple. We figure out what to do per quarter. So we come up with an annual plan and we break it down per quarter. So we just started Q1. Q1, we have like three to five priorities and three to five KPIs, and that is it. A human being can get around 13 weeks. So I have 18 people. We get synthesized around three things that we're going to do and three KPIs. Listen, you guys, I don't care what business you have. There's really only three to four numbers that impact the overall thing. And what's really cool is you can improve them a little bit, and then you can jump to something else the next quarter. I used to be the guy that tried to improve 92 things at one time. <laughs> Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Now I focus on three to five things per quarter. It freaking works like you would not believe. And everyone starts to believe in you as a leader. You as a leader have to be consistent. The cool thing about an operating system like this, which is what we teach to our clients now, is our clients just get locked in on three to five things for 13 weeks. Their team members watch the leaders and go, wow, these people are really committed to doing this. And they go, yes, we are. And then you rinse and repeat at the beginning of each quarter. What it creates is a lifetime of sanity. Some of you listening to this will practice for three more decades. Decades. Could you imagine 30 more years where you're trying to figure out what to do next every year. That sounds horrible. You know, all we need is incremental and 
improvements. Yeah, it's a snowball effect. I mean, you get, and then everyone feels successful. They feel that coherence. Then the leaders emerge and another leader steps up, one steps back, lets the other one do it. It's it's an amazing product. I mean, it, it produces so many amazing things. I started doing the same thing. I didn't call it, I didn't say it as eloquently as you did, but you're right. It's the, what you want to do becomes so big in your head. You're just like, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to take my first bite. And when you start to systematize this and exactly, exactly what you said per quarter, it makes it bite-sized and you can say, yes, this is how we measured success. This is how we remain nimble as an organization. Here's what we learned. Here's what we reflected on. Here's how we adapt moving forward as a learning organization. Yeah, absolutely. And anybody that's been here a long time at Act Dental would tell you like the difference between the old Act Dental and the new Act Dental is the old Act Dental, you never knew what to expect. Kirk was going to go to a course. He would come back from Scottsdale. He'd go to Seattle Study Club Symposium and man, he'd be on fire when he'd come back. And we would have a whole, he'd have a whole bunch of new ideas and all these new things we were going to do. And it was just fatiguing for employees. As good as they were, trying to keep up with ideas is too hard. Now, with this operating system, I still get to research new ideas, but I got them behind the doors back here. I got everybody focused on what we're doing, and I'm focused on helping them while I'm doing my research, trying to figure out what to do next. And it, I sleep better. The team members, I hope they would tell you it's, it's much, and it's no different for any dentist listening. But would you agree? I mean, Kelly, you get a lot of, you get to interview a lot of people. Like, is there anything that trumps a value system and having the right people, you know? No, it's it's habits and, you know, some habits in there that you that you guys, that's part of your operating system to get to what it is that, that we and the, the core values of what you're doing. It all leads back around to that. But then it's um, making sure that everyone's in the right spot too right. in the team. I think that that's a critical piece of it. But I really liked what you said as well, just adding another layer on, to what you said, you have all the stuff back here that you know in your head, you know kind of what's coming up next. Your team is going, oh, what's next quarter, right? But then you have learned so much from what you're doing in front of you that it becomes even better. It because it makes that next step even better. Or you say, you know what, this isn't the right time. So you haven't wasted a lot of energy, a lot of resources, a lot of, like you said, that 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 power of the. Oh, this and now this and now this because it creates that fatigue of the team and yeah. i've i've been a, I've, I've coached teams like this i've been of a part of a team like this where they'd be like okay there's our goal here's the shiny object that we're going to do we're going to do google reviews nope now this week we're going to do this i'm like can we get somewhere on this before we do this yeah. and it's frustrating because people feel like they don't know which thing to chase for sure for sure and a big thing too you're hitting the nail on the head is like any priority you have 13 weeks to do it as a team. Schedule it so you finish it in 10. And so, you know, because people have to go on vacation. You never want to be coming down to the wire and saying, oh, we're getting it done. No, like it's so relieving. A big problem with the world today is unfinished business. We've got piles and piles of piles of projects that are not done. It's so gratifying to finish something and say, Hey, grab a magic marker, just grab a magic marker and go, do we do this? Yes. Scratch it off. You know, do we do this? Yes. It's awesome. It's the best feeling. It's, yeah. it's so good. 
And here's the extra secret thing for a dentist listening. You should not do anything. You hire, you designate a priority champion, which is somebody on your team who's really good at lead. They don't have to do all the work, you know, and you become one of their committee members and go, what can I do to help? And now they lead the charge. It becomes so much fun. Yeah, it's powerful and it's meaningful work. And that's what keeps people in a, in a practice, in an organization, as a part of a team. That's what that's that sticking. That's that stickiness of anywhere that you are. So, Kirk, uh-huh. you said that you're you're laser focused now on what you're doing at Act Dental. I know that our time is why it has gone by so fast. Um, mm-hmm. What are you doing over at Act Dental that's different? That's exciting this year? That's something you want to tell our audience about? <gasps> I don't know. Um, so many well, things, but only three I, to five. Yeah, I think the probably the most exciting thing that we're doing is community has always been a big part of who we are. And COVID really messed that up. Like I, I, you know, I can speak for myself. I not only had a panic attack, but I also felt a little emotionally sick. And, you know, we went from being able to hug people and be with people and study clubs and all of those kind of things. And we had a lot of community efforts and we didn't have that during COVID. We were together virtually. But I also came to some conclusions that virtual was not going to do it long term for us. And so what we did was we relaunched our to the top study club and it's been amazing. So we've just been keeping the intimacy small and, you know, growing these people together. So that's been the most fun for us. And that continues to grow. And we sold out the first group and now we're uh, building a second group. So that's that's kind of where we're at. That's amazing. It's that community piece is so important. I know that you did a great job and continue to through all the efforts that you have. You have an amazing website. Learning platform is amazing. Excellent speakers. I mean, you guys, if you haven't been to Act Dental, you should go there. And, and it's it's an amazing, it's amazing. And, and you're coaching. And I, I know a few of the folks who I've had touch points with and phenomenal people and brilliant. I mean, it's, it, I can't say enough. So, Thank you for all that you're doing for the profession. I'm, I am just, I'm so delighted to have you on today. Hey, it's my pleasure. And you're a big part of that too. So thanks for being a part. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it takes us all right. We're better together. And you have a podcast as well. I do. It's called the best practices show, which you're going to be on soon. Um, And I, I mean, you, you do an excellent job. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just having fun interviewing my friends and being a speaker. One of the, you know, there's some good sides to it and there's some downside. Downside is the travel and all that kind of stuff. But the good side is you get to meet some really cool people out there and um, you get to know them really well. And then you say, Hey, listen, next week, let's just talk about whatever you want to talk about. And it just becomes a fun way. Education is so powerful in this incredible industry. And uh, I just enjoy it. I enjoy it so much. It's, yeah. it's, it's like you said, it's like coffee talk or having a beer or a glass of wine with, with one of your friends and just talking about something that matters. Yeah. I tell, I tell all my guests that it's not like a lot of folks will call it fireside chat. I call it poolside chat. Cause I much per- prefer to be next to a pool than a fire most of the time. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Well, Kirk, how do people get in touch with you if they want more of Kirk? Yeah. Well, I would say, I think the easiest thing is just, I mean, if you really, if you want more Kirk, you need, you got issues. So, um, I, we're always on, we, we produce podcasts three times a week. So best practices shows the easiest way you can find it, uh, on any place you can consume podcasts. That's a good one because it's got a lot of other people on it than just us, but you could also check our website, actdental, actdental.com. 
where, you know, everything we do is about having a better practice and a better life. If it doesn't check both of those boxes, I know there's a lot of people out there teaching better practice, but dentists lives suck because they're, you know, working around the clock, you know, doing all, I'm not a huge fan of that. And I, you know, if that's for you, great. That's not our jam. Our jam is I love it. Nothing makes me happier. And I'm sure Kelly, the same is for you. When you run into a dentist who has a great practice and a great life, and you can check both of those boxes. Now they ultimately, it's, it's tough because both of those things compete for resources. They compete for time. They compete for energy. They compete for financial. And so maintaining the balance of those two is a really important skill as an entrepreneur so that you can say, I love my family and I love my business. And when you do that, it's a wonderful life. Hey, my. It sure is. Thank you, Kirk. Never. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts like yours. So I I pick up on this stuff by osmosis. So it's all. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's good. It's, it's lifelong learning, right? Well, thank you so much uh, to our audience. You guys will get all you want of Kirk. Uh, look down the show notes for his podcast. Cannot wait to see you in person soon, Kirk. And uh, we appreciate everything that you're doing. And also too, if you wouldn't mind doing us a favor at the dental handoff to give us five stars on Apple podcast, give us a five stars. That's the one that matters. And also, you got it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Kelly. Kirk, thank you. I'll see you soon, my friend. All right. All right. Take care. Be well, everyone.